Okay, never bored them at New Horizon. And if you need to know more about all that, go to uh, all of our media stuff. Let's stand for the word this morning. Dive in. Oh, Father, you're so good. We appreciate your ministry in our midst. We thank you so much for the witness of Holy Spirit to us, upon us. We ask you to write on our hearts in the next few moments. Open the eyes of our understanding. Continue what you've begun here today. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen, 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 Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I want to I want to jump uh, I want to jump into a little bit of where I was last week, and so if you were here, you'll have a little bit of an advantage. But I talked a little bit about the macro plan of God, and that the macro plan of God looks a lot like deliverance, and that uh, and one of the things that you know we're seeing talking about is that that deliverance ministry actually precedes restoration ministry. And as it is in the macro with God, so it is in the micro with God. I'm the micro, you're the micro. And uh, so I want to go back real quick to 1 Corinthians 15, 24, uh, and read that with you again and just kind of set the stage for this macro view of what God is up to, uh, not so much... Like, I'm not talking about in this moment or what to expect or who's going to be the president or this. I'm talking about from the first advent of Jesus until the last advent of Jesus. So, and we call that the second coming or the rapture, whatever, whatever, you, whatever terminology you would use. Uh, the Lord returning from the first to the last. The picture that we get is that the victory over Satan began here at the first advent, but the victory continues progressively until darkness is banished. So 1 Corinthians 15, 24 and 25, then the end will come. Everybody say then. Then the end will come. When he hands over the kingdom to God, the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power for he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his feet and then it goes on I didn't put it in there but verse 26 and the last enemy that will be destroyed is death and that's what he's doing on that last day so and then I tied that last week I tied that also to Ephesians 3 8 I don't have it in the lineup today of scriptures uh, where it says that this mystery that was hidden through the ages has now been revealed and that through the church, through the church, not just to the church, but through the church, that God is revealing the power and the authority that displaces the demonic realm. So he began with something here that actually loosed this authority and this victory to us so that we become the ambassadors, we become the deputies, we become the, the overcomers, more than overcomers, who work this out in time and space, so that when we get to the last day, 
darkness, the authority of the enemy has been banished. And this, you know, this kind of stuff, it's congruent with uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 or 11 through 15. Ephesians 4, where it says that the ministry of apostle, prophet, teacher, the fivefold ministry, that those ministries continue until we all come into the maturity of Christ, to the full stature of Christ, and to the true knowledge and the full knowledge of the Son. So we see this, we see this growing body of knowledge, this growing maturity of people through time, and we see what they're up to is banishing the enemy. What they're up to is dismissing darkness. What they're up to is overcoming darkness. Let me read you another one. Uh, because all of creation is uh, groaning. You ever groaned? All of creation is groaning for this very thing to mature because the maturation of this work of the Lord in us is going to liberate all of creation. All of creation becomes liberated as the sons of God rise up into who they are, the daughters of God, the sons of God. They rise up into who they are and then are loosed in the earth to deliver the planet, to overcome darkness, and to walk in, essentially, the fullness of God, the the restoration that he's ordained for us. Uh, Romans 8, 19 through 21. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. It was subjected in hope. He saw you when all this started. Because the creation itself will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God or the sons of God. That's interesting. You come into liberty first, then creation will also be delivered into liberty. You are set free from corruption first, then creation will be set free from corruption. So there's this crazy amazing progression that we're called to. We're called to much more than spiritual salvation. We're called to much more than, spiritual, to, than, than just spiritual salvation, meaning to be born of the Spirit uh, and our trust is in heaven as our home and that we will go to heaven when we die. You're called to much more than that. You're called to manifest the glory of God in the earth. You and I, we can't manifest the glory of God in the earth unless we partner with him for overcoming the enemy and becoming living epistles of the judgment that's been written against the enemy. We become the living epistles of the judgment that's been written against the enemy. And essentially, that's what Jesus was. Jesus was 
the judge and the judgment. Jesus was the judge and the judgment against the enemy. And the way we see, the way we see a judgment carried out, I talked to you last week a little bit about it, when the folks lived in our house during COVID without paying their rent and destroyed the house, we needed a judgment. And the way we understand a judgment issued out of a court is very much like what God's up to right now with and through us is that it has various aspects to it, right? It has aspects to it. And, and one of the aspects that we need to partner with God, and that's why we're, we're going further in this message, one of the aspects that we need to partner with God in is the aspect of restoration. The aspect of restoration is one of the partnership aspects so that not only do we embrace deliverance as a remnant people, a prototype of what God's doing, uh, uh, the, the ambassadors, the deputies of the ministry of Jesus in the earth, not only do we embrace deliverance, which in a judgment, in a judgment is seen as evicting or dismissing or overcoming those who have brought harm, who have stolen, who have plundered. Right? So that's, that's the first part. We believe in that. We believe in deliverance. We believe in deliverance ministry. We, we believe in a judgment against the enemy and then evicting, be it out of our lives, our hearts, our church, our family, our communities, our cities, evicting, dismissing darkness, the powers that shouldn't be here. They're here illicitly. They're here trespassing. They're here against the Christ. They're here to bring harm. But we have a judgment from the Supreme One that they are now trespassing, that they're no longer welcomed here, that we don't need to yield to them anymore in our body, in our soul, in our family, in our marriage, in our church, in our community. We no longer need, so we dismiss them. So we come into agreement with that. But there's another part of the judgment. The other part of the judgment is the judge says, oh, this is what they owe you. The other part of the judgment is where the judge says, this is what they, because of their violation, because of their theft, because of their wrongful action against you, because of their deception and their coercion, this is what they owe you. And so you get a judgment. For me, there's a judgment of several thousand dollars due to the misuse of my home, right? And we see Jesus is, is also representing that judgment with regard to the people and with regard to the nations. And one of the clearest places to see it is in Isaiah chapter 42. Now in Isaiah chapter 42, it's, it's God through the prophet Isaiah. He's speaking over Israel. He's speaking over the people. 
And uh, he's actually talking about how they've been taken advantage of, they've been stolen away, they've been deceived, they've been plundered, they've been harmed. His heart is for them, and he yearns for them, and he yearns for them to be brought back. He yearns for them to be restored. God is a God of restoration. Overcoming the enemy, that getting, getting the tenant out, getting darkness out, uh, uh, the macro plan of God to dismiss darkness, uh, it's, only, it's only half of the equation of a judgment. The other half is to get back what was taken. The other half is to get back what was taken. So it's interesting, Isaiah 42, uh, we have this crazy passage. And it reminds, me, it reminds me quite a bit of what we do with little ones. Um, we do this with little ones. Um, and, you know, I'm sure it was done with me a lot. Because uh, I was kind of on and out of control. My parents couldn't figure out where I came from. Um, but you know, if we see, uh, Easton, this is grandchildren talk, five of which, you know, we have, if we see Easton wrongfully take a toy from Judah, right? Uh, then a Judah might even say, he's got my toy, right? And so then authority steps in and says, potentially in a gentle way, depending on how the first time goes. Could be there a raised tone if the, first, if the first attempt doesn't go well. It could be there's a raised tone on the second attempt. Easton, give it back. Give it back. Everybody say, give it back. Yeah. Isaiah 42, verse 22. But this is a people plundered and pillaged. All of them are trapped in caves or are hidden away in prisons, they have become plunder with no one to save them and spoils with no one to say, give them back. This is interesting because this is a messianic passage. This is God looking at his children And essentially, he's talking about the coming one. And this is what the coming one is going to say. The coming one is going to say to, realm, to, to the realm of darkness, to the demonic realm, to Satan, the coming one is going to say, give them back. Give them back. Give them back. So this, this is an interesting proclamation. Because you, today, in your vernacular of relationships, when you make a judgment against a wrong that needs to be confronted and dismissed, you also find yourself saying, give it back. Give it back. And we, in Isaiah 42, we were the it. Remember the Tower of Babel? Prophetically speaking, this just wasn't only over Israel alone. 
But in the Tower of Babel, as we come you know, to that whole 70 nations were split out of that tower, 69 were given over to darkness. Only Jacob was kept unto God. 69 nations were lost. Jacob was the prototype and the forerunning nation that would bring forth the Christ. But what we see in Isaiah 42 is not only the proclamation of God over Israel, but this is the proclamation of God over 69 Gentile nations. Give them back. Give them back. Give them back. Now, what I want you to see is that this is, the, this, is, this is the other part, this is the other expression of a judgment because a judgment should result in a full restoration. A judgment should result in a full restoration. I'm looking around the room right now. I'm looking on the front row. I'm... Some of us have gone through this where we had to rise up against the enemy and we had to say, give it back. Or we had to say, give them back. But some of us haven't understood that this is part, this is part of us entering into a partnership with God in the breakthrough that we desire and need that will shift everything in our lives as we partner with them because we, as the sons of God, we have become the delegates of his judgment and as the deputies of God, we have become the delegates of his authority. And we don't realize so many times because of the way we've been brought up in religion, we don't realize so many times that our partnership is needed for restoration. We think everything's up to Jesus. And so we're praying these prayers of submission while the enemy is actually tearing us up, beating us to pieces, messing with our whole world. And we, and we pray, but we keep praying these prayers Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. And we're yielding or we're submitting things to him, but he's saying, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6. My people perish for a lack of knowledge because he's called us in the macro of this particular time from the beginning to the end, he's called us to be the partners of his working out the judgment that he rendered. And the result of that is that Satan's house and the works of the enemy against us are plundered and we are restored. We are restored. So our declaration becomes super important. Matthew twelve twenty eight. Are you are you just are you getting this a little bit? Let's settle in on you a little bit. 
Holy Spirit, we ask you to, to just open the eyes of our understanding right now. We've talked about um, how that we're deputized in Jesus, and so uh, we've recognized we have authority to confront the enemy. We don't need to yield or listen or submit to uh, the lies of the enemy or the works of the enemy against us, against our stuff, against our families, against our marriages, against our children, against our womb, against our finances, against our city, against our schools, against our communities. But now, Holy Spirit, you're telling us that we need to begin to shout over the enemy, give it back. Give it back. We need to begin to shout over the enemy as the voice of the judgment of the Lord, as the voice of the judgment of the Lord over and against darkness and the enemy, we need to embrace what you modeled for us that even as you yearned for us to come back, you begin to shout over us, give them back. And this is the, the word becoming flesh. Jesus was this word, Isaiah 42, 22. Jesus was this word becoming flesh and demanding that Satan would give back the nations. And the result is he won a great victory and he comes from the cross declaring all authority has been given me over the nations. Now go to all the nations and make disciples of all the nations. So he won a victory. But the fullness of the dominion that he foresees to banish darkness, you've empowered us to work that out as we partner with him in dismissing darkness and commanding that the enemy give it back all that's been stolen. All that's been stolen, give it back. All that's been stolen, give it back. Last week I read to you Proverbs 6.31. Yet if he is caught, he must pay sevenfold though it cost him all the wealth of his house. Be sure you catch the right thief. It's not your neighbor. You won't get sevenfold out of your neighbor. You won't get sevenfold out of your friend. You won't get sevenfold out of the boogeyman. You, won't get se you, you will only get sevenfold. See, there's a spiritual power orchestrating all evil against you and against me and against us. The spiritual power is what you confront. You don't confront your neighbor and demand repayment. You won't get sevenfold that way. You'll only get sevenfold if you confront the spiritual power working behind your neighbor to bring forth the darkness that brought harm to you. If you want one-fold, confront your neighbor and create more animosity. But if you want sevenfold, confront the darkness and say to the darkness, give it back.
some of you uh, some of you have been around here for a while, so you've heard some of our crazy stories. Um, I've got a lot of crazy restoration stories, but uh, recently I heard another one of somebody that came through Restored Life, so I thought, oh man, we need to hear somebody's story besides mine. So I can't share their name with you, uh, but I did get permission. I reached out and got permission to share the story. Uh, I wish I could share more, because you know, the more we share these stories, the more it's like it quickens our faith, right? And most of us just haven't embraced or uh, made application of this authoritative declaration, though we've received a judgment from the judge, and we've even come into a level of freedom in our families or our own lives because we've evicted something. Uh, we haven't seen the restoration come because we haven't begun this declaration of give it back. Uh, so this is kind of fun though. Um, she said this, she said, I believed that I had authority to call back our family van that was stolen from the South Hill Mall. So I blessed the thieves and then I demanded that our van be returned to us in Jesus' name and we were called within a few hours and it was returned to us. Here's another one. I demanded that my husband would be loosed and given back to me in Jesus' name after living with 10 years of deception, lies, and covenant breaking. I also called mentors into his life and that he would be free and it happened as I declared it He's been set free, he has mentored in, mentors in his life, and he's been given back to me and to my marriage. Here's another one. I called leaders into my kids' lives when they were not seen by their dad or their stepdad and had been fully abandoned. And God provided he was faithful. Leaders came into their lives to take the place of their fathers. And God has been faithful and he's restoring my children. Yeah. Many of you know my crazy testimonies. You are family testimonies of motorbikes being stolen and us commanding them to be returned and our jet skis were stolen from the front of our house. And uh, we commanded that they would be returned. We needed them for summer camp. So we didn't command that they would just be returned. We commanded they would be returned by a particular date. I believe it was August 8th. This is several years ago. This is the first, the first year we had Lily, actually. Lily the Lab. Of which we had many testimonies about Lily the Lab. Somebody asked me one Sunday, do you have other testimonies you could share than about your dog? I'm like, you don't like dog testimonies? What's up with you? <laughs> our jet skis were returned, and the Lord works in crazy ways, like, right? But our jet skis were restored to us the day we needed them so we could take them to summer camp for water activities. The very day. 
Not only because we made a demand that they would be given back, but they would be given back by a particular day. They were given back by that day. Let's stand this morning. He, he doesn't want... See, you're the prototype. You're the prototype of heaven on earth. And the gospel's meant to make you attractive. Did you hear me? You're the prototype of heaven on earth. And Jesus said even, this is the foremost, the foremost declaration of Jesus regarding prayer was, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth, where? We're the prototype of heaven. We're the ones of whom we literally, our lives, our lives are demonstrations of the goodness of God. Not only the demonstration of freedom, oh, you know, I've gotten free and I had this bugging me, I had that bugging me. Used to be addicted to pornography, or used to be addicted to fear, or used to be addicted to chocolate, bad food, hatred, selfish ambition. Hey, it's good to be free. It's good to be free. The life of freedom is like no other. But there's a judgment that was woven into that freedom that I'm guessing a lot of us haven't finished with because the finale, the progression of a judgment is restoration. And restoration comes not only as you partner with Holy Spirit through the dismissal of the enemy, but you partner with the Holy Spirit in authority over the thief and command the thief gives back what was taken. Sevenfold. 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 And I think this is a word for a bunch of us this morning. You're, you're going to put this to the test. And then there was a word. Andrew brought a word. Where, where's Andrew? Andrew brought a word Friday night. If you're wondering, we had a team up from Bethel uh, Friday night for a worship night and a download of heaven. And Andrew brought a word, though, Friday night. Prophetic word. I believe it was good. I recorded it, by the way. Part of it was that uh, he saw us embracing 90 days of communion. And I know we've turned Joe and Sandy loose and we've got their communion book and we've been talking about a communion revival and this and that. And I know Joe and Sandy talked to all of us about walking in communion for 30 days and, and you're thinking, yeah, I, I kind of did that. But I believe God's in this thing. 
And Andrew saw us as a body just taking the cup and the bread daily over the next 90 days, and he saw something's going to happen, something's going to shift, and it begins to shift on a micro level before it shifts on a macro level. And we're, we're the sum total corporately of the work of the micro as it grows and it leavens, be it the whole body or the whole community or the whole region. So I just want to encourage you and I want to tie that word with this word today that you not only embrace expelling darkness, but you embrace the shout of give it back. And that we go into a 90-day season, we go into a 90-day season where we begin to do damage to the enemy and we begin, we begin to plunder the enemy like he's never been plundered. And it's not just give it back, it's not just stuff, but it's give, and it's not just the earth, give it back the earth, because it belongs to us who are in the second Adam. The earth was given to the first Adam. It was lost and restored to the second Adam. But it's also give them back, give them back, those in our family, those in our community, those in our relationships, those lost and plundered and spoiled by the enemy. So, Father, we just embrace all of this this morning. We say yes to the cup and to the bread. We say yes to the assignment. We say yes to the increase of heaven. We say yes to the overflow of your grace through us. And we rejoice in advance over all that's going to be restored. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, God bless you this morning, church. We love you. We'll see you again soon. Let him reign through you. Let's worship as we go.